the challenge, the opportunity to connect. The 1960s, a time of imagination and change, a time of anger and fear. The 1960s, a program called Challenge. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Looked at our connections, our divisions, through the lens of faith. Nearly 60 years later, during these challenging times, we'll take a new look at our divisions, our connections, in a new program called Challenge 2.0. Our guest on this episode of Challenge 2.0 is a music legend. She has had a career that has spanned decades, but now instead of seeking applause for her singing, she is seeking applause for those few thought could even speak, much less sing. In the months since we last spoke with Bernadette Bascom, she has expanded her stage by enlisting the help of one of this area's biggest businesses, Microsoft, to expand the promise of self-expression from just a few to many. And I am so pleased to have Bernadette Bascom back with us after an appearance uh, earlier in 2022. And uh, Bernadette, of course, singer, teacher, and I think we could say music therapist as a result of what you're working on right now. Uh, your musical career really has been the stuff of dreams. I wonder if you could just share with us a few of your most treasured memories uh, from your singing career. Well, I think to, to very be, to begin was uh, being a young teenager, uh, singing out for the first time at a uh, major venue in Baltimore, Maryland, which is where I'm from. And uh, there was a, a national act that was performing you know, with us, I was their opening act. And when it was over, they came to me and asked me, I was 18, mm -hmm. would I like to be their lead singer? Wow. And it was, uh, do it any way you want to do it by the people's choice. And uh, they ended up having to come to my parents' house and discuss it with them, which I'm going to say my father wasn't that intrigued about. <laughs> <laughs> but they talked to him about having me go on the road, that they would take good care of me. They were in their 40s. But that they would be good to me and take care of me. But I just had a voice that they needed and could they could I go? And uh, my father said yes. So that was a huge deal right there. And then uh, I started doing uh, voiceovers at the radio station. And I got to... Uh, to a really special one that Stevie Wonder was the headliner that night. And I got to meet Stevie and we just became fast friends. He was 20, I was 14, 15, 16 years old. And he, I became the first artist that Steve picked to be the first artist of his own record label, Black Bull Records. Wow. Now, you know, I really think, Bernadette, that speaks to the larger issue that we're going to be talking about today and your work with young people. And that is, you may have talent, you may have a love of something, but isn't a very critical step finding someone who believes in you, inspires you, and is willing to give you that boost? I think, is it fair to say Stevie was that person for you? Well, to some extent later. Um, because I never told Stevie I could sing when I met Stevie. I, I, he knew nothing, and he didn't know nothing for another 10 years. Really? Uh, right. I came here to Seattle, was one of the 
tour stops for the People's Choice. And I fell in love with the music and the musicians. Music was, was life in Seattle in those days. People were working six nights a week, buying homes. Um, there was music everywhere in this town. Mm -hmm. um, there's a documentary about it. It's called The Weedles Groove. Uh, but Mix-a-Lot is the announcer or the, uh, what would you call it? He did the voiceover. Quincy Jones is in it. Um, Kenny G is in it. All these wonderful people that, that come from here. I fell into the lap of music history. I really did. Mm -hmm. And I stayed. And I started a career of my own from Acapulco Gold, which was one of the biggest horn bands ever in the Northwest. We called ourselves Power of Power with a Girl. Mm -hmm. uh, Epicenter. Epicenter was the group that Stevie eventually ended up taking to L.A. with him to begin this saga. But I didn't run into Stevie again till 10 years later at, at, in Vancouver. And when I approached him and his brother, John, he said, what are you doing now, Bernadette? And I said, I'm singing. He says, what? <laughs> You're a singer. And I said, yeah. He said, how come you never told me? I said, well, it just, I was, who would tell Stevie Wonder? I mean, I was a kid, you know? He said, well, send me something. And the song that I sent him is now part of a compilation album out of the United Kingdom or London. Uh, and it's all the songs. And the one I wrote that Stevie loved was called I Need You. You can find it on YouTube. The night that Stevie Wonder flew here from LA and performed with me and my band. And I mean, it was one of those nights. My um, sound people were quick enough and smart enough to record it. And it is also on the album. It's called The Night Stevie Wonder Came. It too is on uh, YouTube under uh, Bernadette Bascom uh, album. It's sold out, but I think you can. I know you can hear it up there. It's so hot that it is. And I love you and thank you. This is Stevie Wonder. Bernadette, one day, if I have this right, one day you were preparing to go on stage and there was a woman that came up and took you by the wrist, I think it was, and she had a very special request. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I was actually hiding. So the fact that she was able to, I didn't want anybody to see me before I went on. So, but I talked to her yesterday and I made her cry because I, her name is Judy Gratton. Judy grabbed my wrist as I was sneaking through to get to the dressing room so I wouldn't have to talk to anybody and said, had you ever thought of working, of teaching children with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And I literally stopped in my tracks and I said, no, I hadn't, but I'd be honored to try. And she really began this, that one intercession began this whole journey 
And yesterday I, I literally made her cry. I said, Judy, you know you're responsible, right? You know you did this. She said, no, I just, no, no. You started this whole beautiful road to children's therapy, musical therapy, to all of it. I'd like to show a little bit of video of one of the young people that you worked with. I think his name is Skylar. That's uh, her son. That's her son. Yes, We're going to see him on stage singing. Uh-huh. And why don't we go to that briefly? And then we're going to sort of regroup in terms of, you know, how you worked with him and the difference that made. So let's take a look at Skylar here. Be kind, be kind. Hearts like doors open wide, open wide. You're bond like wood over time, over time. Wow. So Bernadette. We just saw Skylar. What challenges was he working with or was he dealing with when you began working with him? Total, well, let's say nonverbal. Mm-hmm. He could say some things, but not a lot. Um, and now I was driving him the other day with me to practice, and he is my chatterbox. He, he talks nonstop. But he's so bright. He's been to uh, University of Washington, Bothell now. Um, He was able to actually finish a class there of verbal, of of public speaking and writing uh, little dissertations and narratives and little speeches. And he's so bright, that kid. What would have happened if the bottle hadn't the top hadn't come off that bottle. What did you were just talking about? Uh, you had a conversation with Skylar's mom uh, just the day before we taped this. Uh, what did that mean for for her and for the rest of Skylar's family? Then total joy, total uh, pride. Their fierceness and their love for me humbles me every day. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, we're going to have a concert for them on Saturday. And we're going to do it Facebook Live and record it so that people all over the country, all over everywhere, mm-hmm. see what love and music can do. And that's what she called me about yesterday. Her daughter is a prosecutor in a federal prosecutor in Washington, D.C. And uh, she wanted to be able to see it. and She couldn't come home right now. Mm-hmm. So this is going to work in a bunch of ways. A lot of families that know that there's been a difference, but have no idea how it came about or what it looks like or feels like, this year we're going to give that uh, opportunity. When you first started working with young people, and I believe there are some adults that you've worked with as well, when you first started to see the results, what was your reaction? How can I, how can I put it together where it makes sense enough to use it for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So basically, these young people that have been with me since the beginning are my little heroes, and I let them know they are. You have created uh, a path for, for so many others. There's going to be young people, little kids, uh, grown-ups that are going to um, be able to take this program and use it to their benefit. Bernadette, when you began seeing what you could achieve 
one-on-one. -on -one. And you saw what that did for you, but especially as you've just described with uh, the family members and the young people or the young adults that you were working with, you began to have this concept of how can I bring this to more people? And that has resulted in an app. And that's what we want to talk about next. But tell us how you got connected with the very well-known company, which you'll uh, tell us who that is. But tell us the road that you followed that moved you from that goal to where you're at today. Well, I saw so much success with it. Um, a friend of mine told me, why don't you do a presentation? And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And I was able to bring it to Microsoft to a gentleman by the name of Federico Gomez Suarez, who um, was a brilliant scientist, young scientist, uh, who we lost unexpectedly along the way. Um, and he loved it. Mm -hmm. He was on board from the moment I showed it to him. I sent it to him. You know, Microsoft isn't a big call you right back. Well, he called me the next day after he mm -hmm. got the presentation. And we began to put this together. And uh, then, unfortunately, uh, Federico left us unexpectedly. And his boss took the torch. And the team took the torch. And, I mean, this app has come through the fire. Mm -hmm. We are cemented. Uh, my team and I, we went through losing Federico. We went through a pandemic. We went through a hospitalization for me. And we never missed a beat. Mm -hmm. So for three years, we've been fashioning and loving this project into existence. So what is it called? And... How does it work? Just give us the basics, and then we'll sort of go down a little bit deeper into seeing how it uh, how it works. Well, you can go to your to the Apple Store called Speak S T E A A with an exclamation point. Music as language. Okay, basically, well, hello. The problem that most people have is that we have become a nation of mumblers. Mm -hmm maybe a world of mumblers. I have taken the root of speech that we all came here with, mama, mama, dada. And I have turned it into a, a science where I restructured the shape of kids' mouths or people's mm -hmm. mouths. I teach them to use their tongue correctly to open the mouth so that it actually works. Mm -hmm. The words change shape. Your mouth has to change shape to create those words. And it gets real basic. But sometimes basic is the is the best thing that could happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Simplistic because people get into making it too much, too much going on, and nobody gets it. But people get my program right away mm -hmm. because I began to take my finger and put it here because most people don't realize how much the jaw is involved mm -hmm. and how much easier it is to speak when it falls open loosely, how whispering, this is the craziest thing. I teach 
the kids to whisper first because anybody can say anything mm-hmm. if they whisper because your mouth gets you get quiet enough to really form the words look at me and it becomes this thing because a lot of young people with disabilities have uh, loose musculature around their mouths and so they hold them tight or it just hangs open but mm-hmm. i create a, a round mouth and then i make the inside of the mouth move the way that it should mm-hmm. and i make parents face their young people to them you know as a country we tend to go go to bed and we don't look at our children when we mm-hmm. talk so that they're just kind of mimicking what they heard or they thought they heard but that's the one thing we do not teach our children is how to talk. You know, as I was looking through your app and working through a few of the uh, first lessons, you made a point, and that is uh, there's a lot of emphasis on speaking, but not so much on expressing yourself. Could you expand a little bit more about why that's so important? Well, once again, we're back to go to bed, eat your dinner. Mm-hmm. It's it's just throwaway catch-all phrasing. Whereas expressing yourself is taking the time to make sure that your listener is engaged. Mm-hmm. It's not so much as I'm all right, how are you? What do you want to do for lunch? Those are throwaway uh conversations. How are you, Jeff? How are you doing? Mm-hmm. I don't feel so well today. Now I expressed myself to you. It's 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 clear. It's not a bunch of throwaway catch-all phrases that nobody really hears, but hears the sound of it and understands. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I also noticed uh, when you have the various exercises that the young people can work through that there are pictures of other young people that I assume show other young people perhaps that they can identify with? Is that yes. what you were looking at doing? Yes, and I wanted it to to totally be obvious right away mm-hmm. who this is for. It really is very fun game. When And you were talking about how this is intended to be a resource also for the parent, perhaps it's uh, wondering, how do I deal with this or their caregiver? If they're wondering, okay, this is this sounds really good, but can I really work with them on this? What reassurances would you offer them? Well, you used the word rudimentary. I wasn't. I it, it was on purpose. I was rudimentary because mm-hmm. I think it is more focused towards the parents to help. That's what I envision is it being a family affair, kind of like a Pictionary for speakers where the parent needs to know where the voice comes from. The parent needs to guide the young people that are very young or first-time speakers. The rudiment is, let's start small. If something wonderful happens, fine. Um, But we are also adding a, a practice room. I mean, we have so many wonderful ideas this app we are very excited all of us um but i just 
think that rudimentary is the only way to go when you're working with children with disabilities. It's for us to be able to use to help our children. Mm -hmm. And this has won several awards from Microsoft, right? Yeah. This year, we won for the third year straight the Executive Challenge, the Microsoft Executive Challenge, and the Federico Gomez Suarez Award, which was a monetary award. But more than the monetary that we won it three years in a row, Mm -hmm. the veterans on my team were like, oh, my. Because, you know, you have to remember that for as many things as Microsoft works on, imagine how many things don't take flight. Yeah. The University of Washington has uh, re- has started a study, a research study. Um, Microsoft is doing a research study because for as much as they have all of these wonderful programs for kids, my program works. And they want to figure out why and how. And everybody's very excited. It's made a great ripple. I can see you are, and I know those of us that have looked at the app so far, you know, are very impressed by that. Given your experiences, and I'm speaking not only of what you've done with the app, but even before that, from the time when the uh, mother of the young boy came up and grasped you by the wrist and said, could you help, uh, you know, children facing these challenges, uh, what would you say to people, either those who have family members that are facing those challenges in terms of helping them along the road about what's possible, what would you tell them? I would tell them not to give up. I would tell them to teach themselves what this app does and teach it to your children. And if it's not working for you, have their siblings teach it to them. Mm -hmm. That's not working have their grandparents. I mean, that's what this app is for. It's an, a come alongside her. It's a give you a, a idea and a, and a chance and a way to have your child in a comfortable situation at home with people they know and to make and make history at your house. That'd be what I'd say. And you know how little boys and sisters, brothers and sisters, like to teach the little ones? This is a chance to teach compassion. This is a chance in the school to teach compassion, to have the older kids teach the younger kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not just about speaking. It's about a circle of love and life and music and the pride that comes from everybody that even gets, see, what we have to remember is, just to hear mama, Mm -hmm. just to hear I love you, just to hear my tummy hurts is a victory for these families. We're not judging it from our perspective. And when you notice that and realize that, then you wanna give it to your friends. You wanna say, here's something that might help you. Try this because every day, these parents are looking for something. Mm-hmm. I think that's the wonder is the ultimate um, example. He took, and he was my first disabled friend. 
Mm-hmm. I learned so much with Steve, other than just his that he was a star, because he was a star, but he was wasn't that big a star yet. He wasn't Stevie Wonder like he is now, <laughs> you know. But I watched him struggle. I watched him struggle to shave. I watched him struggle to pour water in a glass and put his finger until he he could feel the water on the finger. That's how he'd know the glass was full. Mm -hmm. I watched him uh, navigate around furniture. I've watched him. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, he's brilliant. In his his humanity, he's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And, And I bet everybody's like that. What we can't do, that's why I call them differently able, because what mm-hmm. we can't do, they do so well. Mm-hmm. Evie has taken music and recreated his entire life and our lives. How do you write a song about a ribbon in the sky when you've never seen a ribbon or the sky? Uh, Bernadette, I thank you so much. Uh, on behalf of all the people that this can help, the work that you've put into this, and for joining us today. And I'd love to come back some months down the road once you've developed this further, and uh, perhaps we can see some of the samples of the groups that are uh, putting this into practice, like the school district and that sort of thing. But uh, thank you very, very much, and uh, best wishes to you and all those working with you on this wonderful, wonderful project. And thank you, Jeff, for finding worth in it and i hope that you will document this all the way down the line we will look forward to that and i thank all of you out there that are watching this uh hopefully this has brought some added inspiration i frankly don't know how it could help but not bring added inspiration Uh, so thank you again for joining us and we hope you'll join us next week on the next edition of challenge 2.0 thank you very much If you've enjoyed this program, found our conversations to be informative, entertaining, and thought-provoking, and the vision inspiring of people from different backgrounds who can disagree without being disagreeable, perhaps you might consider supporting our program with a contribution. Your support will not only help our program continue, it will also support the broader efforts of Paths to Understanding, our supporting parent nonprofit organization.